G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Turnbuckle here on mypodcasthouse.com. Thank you for joining us, the music of Ravishing. Rick Rude brings us into the show. Of course, he defeated Jake the Snake Roberts in, boys let me say, a decision that I'm pretty upset about. Uh, special shout out to Emma, who was uh, who's a big Rick Rude fan, and that was um, that was for her. Hmm, Lyle, how do you? Oh, how you going, mate? I'm good, buddy. That's oh, good to see. No, I think uh, the late surge for Rick Rude pulled it off with uh, Emma in the debate. Or the well, she she didn't want Rick Rude. Yeah, I think everyone voted for Rick Rude to spite her. Yeah, so no, there's a lot of happens. cool photos going around online. Uh, welcome to the studio, boys. Big show coming up today. We had a good show last week. We did last week. Yes, exactly. Of course, we had Candy Lee, the uh, New Zealand multi-title women's champion who was uh, wrestling in two events, I think, this weekend. And she's got two coming up this coming weekend as well. How'd she go? Reports? The reports out of Sydney are top-notch, that that she was fantastic. And um, so I would say everybody in Melbourne who hasn't got a ticket to glow in real life at Evie's Disco Diner for Sunday... Um, probably get on that quickly. It's a small venue. All right, beautiful stuff. I look forward to seeing her live in action. Big interview coming up this weekend, boys. We'll get straight into it because I've got a feeling this is going to take up a lot of our time today because there's a lot to speak to this man about. He is the MCW World Heavyweight Champion. He's known as Mr. Juicy. Gino Gambino joins us here in the studio. Gino, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. I do like the way I sounding these headphones. I'm glad I put them on now. You're sounding fantastic. You could be a DJ. Is... I should be. Maybe that's what I can do after I retire. Is there anyone in the family that's had that? Yeah, yeah. So my, um, surprisingly, my dad does local community radio. Which could be where I get the uh, the tones from, but yeah, he look anyone in my family. If you give them a microphone, they run wild with it. So karaoke style. Uh, look, <laughs> I don't think any karaoke, but yeah, we've emceed a lot of weddings as a family. So uh, yeah, I think it comes naturally to us. Now I'm picturing the whole family up there emceeing together, <laughs> <laughs> like, like the Brady Bunch yes. or the Partridge Family. No, um, no, not like that. But no, my dad's uh, quite known in the local community for what he does so yeah there could be the just the apple doesn't fall far from the tree no it doesn't either you're right so um um, tony's emceed a lot of weddings as well so we're dropping the ball over this side of the table yeah Yeah. it's probably probably not a bad thing that they don't do it believe (laughs) me trust me it's good money if you want to do it mate how's uh the wrestling world treating you Ah, oh, I tell you, if you had to told me five years ago we'd be in the position we're in now, I would have I would have called you a liar. Um, you know, I was talking recently to someone about how far we've come just in this short amount of time, and it's just it's you know to to steal Slex's saying it's booming at the moment, so it's it's really cool. And you're currently playing a really large role um, behind the scenes in Australian wrestling, um, and we'll, we will touch on that later. Mm-hmm. But I feel like you turning your attentions to the behind the scenes has almost at the same time been you hitting your straps in the ring. Do you feel like it's a karma thing where all of a sudden you're having such great matches and getting the respect you've deserved for a long time? Oh, or... Look, it's funny. Everyone goes, oh, you're so well respected. It's funny. When, even when I get emails from uh, from New Japan and I have in the past from WWE going, oh, we can tell you're really well respected. And that's probably not the truth. Um, I'm probably not very well liked by a lot of people because of uh, that success that has happened. Um, and look, I'm, I'm not claiming to be the saviour or I'm going to fix everything. I just had an opportunity and I knew there was enough talent to be seen here by New Japan that we needed to do something. So um, it is just by coincidence it's kind of happened. I mean, I was a... I was just a stripe-wearing KFC bucket head 
guy for a long time and then creatively I wanted to change and challenge myself. So I think it's just just absence of big uh, coincidence that's kind of happening together. And what hurdles do you see Australian wrestling still has to overcome to, to take that next step to be like the UK is at the moment? I think I think it's ourselves, to be honest. Um, you know, the unfortunate thing is we don't tend to want to support each other as much. We tend, we'd rather shit, shit on each other than support each other, which is a bit of a shame. Um, and, and I can say that, you know, sometimes I've done that myself. I've seen either a bad show or a bad match and I've, I've probably made fun of it more than I should have. But... At the end of the day, if you watch the UK scene on their social media, it doesn't matter which company they're working for. If there's a good match like uh, Offspray and Kyle Fletcher did the other day, people are just banging on about it and getting it out there. And that makes fans want to watch it. And more fans watching means more money, more tickets sold. So I think for us to sort of get over this little hurdle, it's it's us. It's us as a, as a group. I've been around for a long time, though, and I've been involved in wrestling for a fair bit now. And there's always been that jealousy factor in I don't, wrestling. I don't even think it's jealousy. I think it's just... I think it's a bit of Australian culture, to be honest. Like yeah, you, you even see, like a footy player, if he's having a good run, all of a sudden, oh, he's mates with bikies, he does drugs, blah blah blah. We're not talking about their football. Like we we have this expectation that uh, high profile sports people should be mentors to little kids, and, and they're not going to be. They're not going to be a perfect person, and we we have this expectation that they should be. And as soon as they drop the ball, as soon as they have one little fault, we're on them. We are yeah, straight yeah. on them. No, oh, you're right. I think tennis is the same. You yeah. look at the top level because there's only certain amount of them we just tear them down every opportunity we get instead of pumping them up in saying that curious is a piece of <laughs> it's also because tennis isn't it? yeah who watches tennis <laughs> but like like you're spot on it's just a it's just a this thing that we have this habit of wanting to uh you know i'm not, not letting anyone be successful we're happy for people that are successful like we've just had a those guys go off to the wwe in jonah and elliot sexton but I don't know. I feel like we have that little bit of tall poppy syndrome. Do you think some of it's also like um, everyone thinks where they work is the best place to work? So, <laughs> and I think it's a great thing that everyone at Wrestle Rampage thinks it's the best. Same with Riot City. Mm-hmm. Um, same with MCW. Yeah. Same with PCW. Yep. Same with EPW. They all think, and of course um, PWA. They all think it's the best place to work, which is awesome. But as a result, that defensive side they're happy to, to crap on someone else's promotion? I, I think when you, when you have a homegrown promotion like uh, PCW especially, all of their talents usually come from through their academy. Uh, they feel it's important to defend themselves. So I, I won't ever shit on anyone for doing that. Um, I think it's just more, it's as individuals. And as I said, I, I've been a, I've been someone who's done it myself. It's it's We pick on people for the wrong reasons instead of, instead of holding up or pushing people in the right direction. So when it gets to... Like, oh, I don't work for that promotion, so I'm not going to share that. Yeah, kind that. of. And look, which is fair enough. I mean, I'll give you an example. MCW and PCW are going head-to-head. Why not more people are talking about that shocks me. Like, two of the biggest shows in Melbourne of the year are about to go head-to-head and no one's talking about it. Um, but Some fans are. Oh, want, well, they want to go to both shows. Yeah, yeah. Which, look, if they could, like, it would be good. Like, WrestleMania 3, just go to all of them. But the point is, <laughs> it, it's... It's a real, um, I can understand on that aspect, you might not want to promote another show that you want fans to come, because we only have limited fans, yeah. but I think it's more like, if there's a really good promo out there, or a really good match, I think we should be pushing it rather than, you know, shitting on the person. Like That's everyone did with TK's Yeah, absolutely. Promo. TK's that- promo was great, and everyone shared it, and it was really awesome, but my feeling is, if TK did the same promo, and he was a wrestler here... Maybe not the same push. Yeah. It's funny because I saw a promotion, uh, a promo by a wrestler that you know I don't watch a lot, which was Gabriel Wolf, recently. Him and Jake Andrew Arthur. Yep. And that promotion was amazing. It was actually 
I saw it shared a couple of times, but that kind of promo, that promo, if it was in the UK, maybe probably gets shared more widely. Absolutely, and I think that's why a lot of wrestlers do escape, or well, I wouldn't say escape, but move from Australia to go to the UK or Europe or the US or Japan because, A, the money's a bit better, but also they they if you do something small there, it's kind of shared across the board and everyone gets to see it, where I've seen matches here that are maybe 10 times to 100 times better than some promotions in the UK, and you would never, you never have seen them. You never would have heard about them. I've watched them live going, how are we not talking about this? But, you know, an internet darling overseas does, you know, the same thing. Like, uh, oh, I keep forgetting his name. Kyle O'Reilly, is that his name? Yeah. Does that sound right? I get names mixed up. I'm dyslexic. <laughs> he did the uh, chair off the rope and hit himself with the chair in the War Games match. I've seen that spot 10 million times in my lifetime. He does it. Oh, what an innovator. What, a, what an amazing wrestler. He did a spot that we've all done. But because he has that, that limelight and that portion, he's the internet darling, he, he gets the exposure. Yeah, well, like Erica and Avery did that screwdriver spot before Randy Orton did yeah. it. Yeah, and I was there for that. And that was great. Like, it was a really good spot. And, and there's some really talented wrestlers in Australia and some really amazing female wrestlers as well that are doing some really cool stuff. And it's just unfortunate that... We're just sort of living in this dome at the moment, and it's not just us. We're just not getting the exposure. So hopefully over the next you know, 12 months, that changes. Before we get too deep into all the wrestling talk, yeah. my first question was, <laughs> why Perth Glory? It's a good... You know what? It's funny. I, um, I, I, I mean, I'll tell the story because it's good for your podcast, but... Uh, <laughs> The Perth Times, I think it is, or the Perth Herald, contact me and ask me the same thing, okay? So they, they rang me up, they're like, oh, you're a big wrestling star, which they thought I was, and I was like, all right, I'll, I'll play along. <laughs> so do we. Yeah, great. <laughs> so And they're like, why Perth Glory? And I told them how the first, uh, one of the first soccer games I ever went to, uh, I used to be a big Preston Lions fan, which is a, a club in Melbourne, and then I went to uh, Melbourne Knights versus Perth Glory when the NSL was still hot, and there was a, a player called Bobby Despotoski, and I was a big fan of his, and... And Bobby caused some riots that night. Literally riots he caused that night. He, they nearly burnt down the stadium. They beat up the players on the bus. But I don't know. For some reason, I was I was outside and I saw uh, a group of supporters, doesn't matter which side they're from, go to attack a couple of elderly coaching staff. And the Perth Glory supporters made like a ring around the staff and stopped the fight from happening. And I thought, this is a club I want to be a part of. Like, that's, that's huge for me. So... Yeah, since, geez, that was like 2004, 2005, since then I've been following Perth, so... To the point where you're taking this weekend off wrestling to... to yeah, I was. <laughs> yeah, actually, I did. I, a couple of people asked me, I'm like, oh, no, I've got a, I've got a, what's called a tour of duty. Every Perth Glory fan has to do a, like a, a tour of duty, or what's it called when you go to a religious place? Jeez, I'm blank today. Uh, pilgrimage. Pilgrimage, yeah. pilgrimage. Yeah, yeah you got to do a pilgrimage where, so all the supporters from Perth are coming over from Melbourne to watch the Melbourne City versus Perth Glory game, so we're all, we're all there this weekend. Fantastic, and uh, they'll probably finish on top of the uh, on top of the table too. Yeah, as long as we don't choke like we did, jeez, uh, two thousand and eight, I want to say at the Wacker, where we were three nil up I and lost four game. three. Like, geez, you know. I remember that. But game. hopefully, look, fingers crossed, we we all get through. As a victory fan, I'm hoping for the choke. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to touch a little bit on um, the Farley Dojo uh, yeah. relationship uh, that you've got and how that's benefiting some of our young workers. Yeah, definitely. So um, I, I get asked this a lot. They're like, oh, how did you make that connection with, with Tox? You know, he seems so unappro unapproachable. And it's funny, I was working a show for IPW in, in Auckland, and uh, Tox just happened to be in the crowd. And 
um, someone goes, oh, the Bullet Club guy's in the crowd. And I'm like, which one? I was like, maybe Devitt. And they're like, Tox Farley. I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. He's a big dude. Like, I, I liked him. Um, and he came backstage and he's like, hey, bro, oh, I liked your stuff. And I'm like, thanks, man. And I was like, oh, man, this is pretty cool. He's like, oh, message me sometime. I'm like, yeah, cool. So a couple of weeks later, I just messaged him. I'm like, hey, you know, hope you're well, blah, blah, blah. And it came around the time of the G1 and he wore uh, like, an, a, like an African safari outfit at this G1 press conference. And I thought it was the best thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm like, this is the man after my heart. So, and he had a cigar and I'm like, this is great. So I messaged him and I said, I love the suit. And we just got chatting. He goes, hey, I'm in Melbourne um, in a couple of weeks to visit family. Do you want to catch up? And I'm like, yeah, cool. Let's let's do it. So we ended up at Chadston, out of all papers, at Papa Rich. And uh, you know, we got a coffee and we were drinking it. And he's like, oh, what's what's the Australian scene like? And I kind of explained to him that there is so much untapped talent here. I kind of, it's a bad analogy, but I say Australia's wrestling is a lot like Syria, okay? We're all at war with each other, but underneath us is all this oil, okay? And someone's going to come and tap it and pump it all out eventually, right? And who that's going to be is up to them. Very good analogy. Yeah, Yeah, it's excellent. So, (laughs) I don't know who Gaddafi is, but at this stage, it doesn't matter, right? So (laughs) Some would say you. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny, because my dad looks exactly like Saddam Hussein, so... (laughs) You just never know. But um, like there's all this all on there. Someone's going to tap it. Who it's going to be, it's, it's up to them. And I explained that to him and he goes, well, why don't we do something? He's like, I want to do a New Japan tour in Australia. And this was four years ago. And I said to him, I go, okay, what do you think it's going to cost? And he, he laid out the figures and I go, not possible. I go, no promotion in Australia can carry that kind of that weight or back that money. Um, so he went and did it himself in New Zealand. So the funny thing is, three and a half years ago, New Zealand had Okada, Tanahashi, you know, uh, all these guys from New Japan, the top talent, and no one went. Mm. They had 800 to 1,000 people, you know? And, I mean, it's just it was just before the boom of New Japan, so a lot of people weren't, like, watching it as much as they are now. But he had, he had the greatest talent there, and it's a shame it didn't work. Um, and after that, he messaged me, goes, look, I still really want to do this in Australia. So we caught up probably another half a dozen times in, in Melbourne because he's got family here. And we um we spoke about it more and more. And I said, look, I don't want to happen what's happened every other time a company, big companies come here. It's they come, they take all the fans' money, and then they leave. And then our fans go, I can't afford to go to the next indie show. I go, I want our talent to be in the front. I want them to go, oh, there's Slicks. I've seen him before. I'm going to go to the show that he's on next. That's all I wanted. And he agreed. He said... He wanted. He didn't want to leave us sort of barren. He didn't want to leave us, you know, sort of fucked and left, if that yeah. sort of makes sense, right? So I'm like, great, let's, that's fine with me, as long as we come to that agreement. So we got chatting, and then we just couldn't get the funds together. No one really had the money. I talked to one promoter, and I always tell this story, and I go, oh, do you want to have the Bullet Club as part, like on a tour on your show? And this was a small show in another state. And I go, Bullet Club? Who are they? And I just oh. went, I went, ah, don't worry about it, mate. That's, that's, that's all right. You've answered my question. Yeah, don't, don't stress too much about it. So we got chatting and we went around. A lot of promotions said no. Um, and I can understand it was a lot of money to lay out because uh, at the end of the stage, New Japan didn't know if they wanted to come here. We wanted to bring them out to show that it was possible. So we were kind of funding it ourselves. Um, and then I said, right, what if we run a seminar? I said, can we do a seminar? And he's like, yeah, yeah, we'll bring... We're being either Okada or Tanahashi, someone to run the cinema. Semin- uh, seminar. I'm dyslexic. You'll get used to it, right? So um, that was sort of rolling your head. And then we got a call from the chairman of New Japan. And he goes, uh, he goes, well, why don't we just have a tryout? Let's see what talent you got here. 
I was like, great, this is amazing. And then he goes, yeah, you fund it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> I don't have $20,000 at this stage. Mm. So um, we you know, kind of had to sort of work money out and stuff. But eventually we had 40 people try out in front of uh, the two main bookers of New Japan and Tox himself. So from there, it just, just snowballed into this tour and all this stuff. And the amount of money and sweat and tears and fights and yelling Tox and I did to each other, we, we ended up sort of with a with a tour all of a sudden. And... And yeah, so, um, and now we've got people going, like Robbie's gone overseas and, you know, myself, I got to do Wrestle Kingdom. So, and there's now eyes on Australia from New Japan. Like they know we exist, which is huge for us. One of the more prouder moments I think you've probably had in the ring was when you were actually officially awarded a Bullet Club t-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's funny. I still have people to this day ask me, oh, was that real? And I'm like, well, Tox kind of suggested it in the car and he's like, uh, you know, I think I've spoken to the you know the right people, and I think I should give you a T-shirt. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess, yeah, that's what it is. And it was, it was a great moment. It was it was huge. And um, um, you know, I think it was Tox's way of sort of just saying thank you for all the hard work we did because he knew, and him and I put in so much effort into that tour to get that going. That you know, it really put a strain on our our friendship as well. But at the end of the day, we pushed through as as business partners, and and now we've achieved something that you know a lot of people have promised. Um, back in the day, like I, I can list about 20 names of people that are like, oh, we're going to have Vince McMahon and we're going to run WWE and WCW and they are so interested. I know of wrestlers who were told to um, <laughs> give someone money because oh, WCW wants to use you. But if you give me money, I'll no. make sure you go over there. You know, like, and I just, and I can understand a lot of people had reservations when I said, hey, New Japan's doing a tour. Everyone went, no, they're not. And I'm like, no, no, it's, I know, I know it sounds about the same bullshit as we always get, but it's happening. And now that it has, it's kind of led to some great things. Great stuff. Yeah, including a lot of our young guys now training in New Zealand. Yeah. And then a couple of them are now young boys in Japan. Yeah, and this is the thing. And it's still, a lot of wrestlers still have a lot of doubt, which is fair enough. I'm never going to push anyone or, or say that it's, it is what it is. But at the end of the day, the only way you're going to get into New Japan as a wrestling talent that's not well known, so for those of us who aren't lucky enough to do PWG and the UK or BX, WWE and all that stuff, is through the Fale Dojo. And literally, the general manager of New Japan has stood in front of 20-odd so brand new wrestling talent and told them that. It's, and, it's just the way it is. And yeah. I mean, it's very similar to what originally got um you know prince devitt in where he did yep. a similar dojo in los angeles yeah and he did that with a lot of aussies too so hartley jackson uh dave Fowley or davis storm uh and mikey nichols who's now there they were all at la dojo at the same time as and they, they're all friends and uh and that's how it started and that's the thing these dojos are going to become the feeder feds for for new japan so look if it's something if you if you want to do it that's that's the way i just want to go back to the tour yeah what was it like sharing the ring with Evil and Sonata, uh, to be honest, looking across from them, uh, probably one of my favourite moments of that whole tour. Uh, yeah. I didn't get to enjoy too much of the tour. There, there were stages where you know I was trying to talk to talent and I was texting the person at the front door to let someone in at the same time, and the phones ringing because media couldn't get in earlier in the day. And I, I broke down and cried halfway through the tour, and that's the honest truth. I remember we got to Sydney. Um, <laughs> I got into my hotel room, opened the door. And I was the only one. I was by myself for the first time in three days. And I just cried. I was just like, I, I'm so stressed. I'm so tired. I'm so hungry. <laughs> I was just like, I've, I've had enough. And I really didn't want to do it. And then 
um, like that night I was wrestling Ishii as well, and I just thought to myself, like, like I'm going to get belted tonight. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> where's the fun in this? But by the end of it, by the end of Perth, I was so relieved. And, um, yeah, standing across from Evil and Sonata in Melbourne was was huge. It was a huge moment for me. And was that your first time at Festival Hall? Yeah, it's my first and only for a lot of wrestlers. So it's something um, I push for really heavily. Uh, when we sat down with the with the uh, the other promoters and I said to them, I go, look, I want to do Festival Hall. And they were a little bit against it. They wanted to do somewhere else. That I was like, nah, just I want to do Festival Hall because that's where Australian wrestling was really at its ultimate goal. You know, that was when they were... Making money. There was guys back in the day, so we're talking, you know, when, when the territory days, when they used to come out here, they are making $600 a week back then. Mm. That would be the equivalent to two, three grand now. Mm. You know, just doing the territories of Festival Hall and Sydney and, and even Canberra and country towns. I'm just like, that. we need that back. And we really put a stamp back on Australian wrestling that we were, we were here and we were making noise by doing Festival Hall. It's not the greatest venue. It's old. It's hot. It smells. We know that. But we did it because we want to say we're back. And, and it was really important for and us. It does hold a special place to Melbourneians' hearts. Yeah, for sure. Everyone's been to a concert there. Everyone yeah. I mean, I went to my first wrestling show there and George Animal Steel was wrestling against Cowboy Bob Orton. Yeah, yeah you, you get my point. Like it's huge. Like massive things have happened for, just for wrestling, let alone concerts. Like oh God, the Beatles played there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like Festival Hall was the place to be. And everyone we speak to, every time I say, Oh, look, I'm a professional wrestler, someone goes, Do you know Mario Milano? Do you remember Festival Hall? Everyone knows Festival Hall, and I will tell you now that a lot of that audience would have gone there just because it was Festival Hall, and they've got that oh, nostalgia yeah. feeling of, yeah. my parents brought me here, or I watched it on Sunday TV. It would have been important for them. This Saturday night, Festival Hall. Exactly. Spot on. Exactly. <laughs> you talked about being in the ring with Evil and Sonata yeah. being a highlight. You also get a great satisfaction of being able to put Suzuki in a ring with a Davis Storm. Oh, Absolutely. When, when we sat down and um, like everyone thinks for some reason I had this ultimate power over the card and I was like, I was like, I wish because I tell you now I would have been in the ring because I want to wrestle Suzuki myself, right? I want to challenge myself, even though Ishii again beat the shit out of me. But, <laughs> but I remember they said to me, um, you know, these are the Aussies we think from the tryouts and the dojos and all that stuff. And I said, yep, look, if that's what you think, I added a couple more names um, to what I thought. And I, I handed uh, Davis Storm's name they didn't see him in a tryout and i said look this guy's from um la dojo this guy's you know i think someone we should have and they said they finally said yes and then they sent me the card back and i was like wow i was like what a moment for him that he's gonna work work out in front of his hometown facing that man and i just i remember hugging him before he went out there and he thanked me and i said no thank you for for everything a lot of people in perth and adelaide wouldn't be where they are if it wasn't for someone like david storm so i thanked him and i'm like this is my repayment you know the little i can give you so he, he was really happy which is great that's really cool thanks yeah. for that nothing yeah. because we definitely we've had david storm on the podcast yeah. before and i remember just everyone i spoke to who's not even a wrestling fan who'd listened to that episode like just saying how much of a good human being he is. He is an amazing person. He has pulled me out of some really deep dark holes. I've never kept it quiet. I I've suffered from depression and anxiety a, a fair bit. I've I've had some pretty traumatic experiences in my in my old work life and um there's a lot of times I call him and he's pulled me we we call him the golden noose, which probably isn't the best <laughs> name, but he he he's pulled me out of some dark holes and, and and I'm sure I've done the same for him and it's it's really it's amazing the friendships. Like I always say, it's so hard to find, you know, a real friend in this business. And and when you do, it's it's someone you really gotta, 
you really got to remember who they are and, and what they mean to you and, and somehow pay them back. And I hope, I hope that he, he understands that. Um, I'm getting a bit emotional. <laughs> I hope he understands that that's what I was doing. I, I was paying him back for everything he's not only done for me, but for wrestling in general. I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. Um, he's a fantastic human and, and a fantastic wrestler. Beautiful stuff. And I tell you what, another guy who's a fantastic wrestler and really people are popping over him at the moment is Robbie Eagles and, oh. and the stuff that he's doing with New Japan Wrestling. What is the future for him? I mean, it, it seems bright from where we stand watching mm. it from back here. I, it's funny. I got a bit of chills there. Like just when you said Robbie's name, I've known Robbie for a long time. I watched Robbie's first match. I yelled at Robbie at one of his first matches. He he, he went to do. He went uh, one of his mates, Gene Kelly, went to do a dive, fell on the floorboards. They didn't catch him. He smashed his face open. And I was like, "What the fuck are you guys doing?" But I really gave it to him. And ever since then, we've been friends. And um, <laughs> uh, Robbie, another person who holds a really special place for me. Robbie is such a talent. Such a fantastic wrestler, and I really believe he is the future of Australian wrestling in Japan. Like, whatever happens from here, I have no doubt that he's going to just blow them out of the water. And I think, you know, he started getting picked up by PWG and all that stuff, and I even saw it when I spoke to him, he's still a bit frustrated. He felt like he wanted to be, you know, the, the wrestler, and now he is, and it's it's an amazing opportunity, and best of luck to whatever. It's it, Actually, I was, gonna, I was thinking about this on the way here. When he got announced for, uh, what was his first thing, the junior tag? Yeah. Yeah. I got a message from a few people. They're like, oh, you must be pissed off. I'm like, why? <laughs> they're like, oh, because he's there and you're not. And I'm like, if you don't understand. I don't think you're eligible for the junior <laughs> no, tag. Or the junior <laughs> <laughs> That's a good call. That is a great There's point. Your comeback, <laughs> but, but I said to him, if they don't realize that I was the guinea pig to see if this was possible, I don't care if, I mean, I do care, but. If I never end up on a New Japan show again, if I just do what I keep doing for them, I would be pretty satisfied. I wouldn't be happy because I do want to still go out there and wrestle and prove my best. The whole intention was to get people exactly like Robbie Eagles from wrestling in front of 20 people in the middle of nowhere of New South Wales to New Japan. That's why we did this. It has, look, whatever money's been made, whatever's uh, happened, whatever, wherever I've ended up, it didn't matter unless anyone else followed me behind. And Robbie built such a amazing reputa- reputation for himself by doing PWG and all those things. He was such an he's such an amazing wrestler. It just took a little spark, and now look where he is. The Pied Piper though never had one person just follow him. Yeah, and, and that's right. So and I'm hopefully there's more that come. And I have no doubt. I mean, watch this space. I mean, I've had some really interesting conversations with a lot of wrestlers in this country, and I think they're all ready. They've seen Robbie go, and I think Robbie was the limelight. Like me being there, I wouldn't say it was expected, but people just went, "Yeah, fair enough." Like he's working with them. He ended up on Kingdom. It is what it is. But now that Robbie's gone, I think people are going, "This is a possibility. This is real. This is something we can do." And Robbie. Again, he built this foundation in this house all on his own. He kicked the door in himself, but it was just nice to be able to be there and just give him give him a little bit of guidance, mm. even just saying, hey, can you come to this trial or can you be on this tour? And he did it. He would sacrifice anything to be where he is. And the fact that he's got it is such a That's nice feeling. Yeah. It's back to you. Please. <laughs> Always. Wrestle, wrestle, yeah. <laughs> wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. What was that like? I remember watching it, and I think I was messaging you and another mate of. Yeah. I was like, "That's fucking Gino! Gino. <laughs> like, what the hell? Look, like, you're so unexpected. What was it? I uh, watched uh, that Battle Royal a couple of times since. Oh, don't it? worry, so have I. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> I um, 
I always explain, um, I remember getting the original email. So I had probably the worst day I'd had in a really long time. And I, I was sitting on the couch and um, I just get this message from Toxic goes, bro, check your email. And I'm like, all right. And I check it. And it was from the New Japan office um, asking me for all my details for the visa. And they're like, uh, please be available at Wrestle Kingdom. And I was just like, what? I'm like, how, how, what? Like, I, I couldn't believe it. And uh, again, this is, I like to get a bit emotional, but I was, I was driving in the car to Kmart, um, and I, I, a song played, and this song played at my cousin's funeral. He died quite young, and the song started playing, and everything just flooded through me again. I was like, I think I've done it. I think I've actually been asked to attend a, a pretty full-on show and be a pretty serious wrestler and everything, all the bumps, all the you know, head busted open and all the sweat, all the training, all the bullshit kind of has culminated into something pretty special for me. And it was an amazing feeling. And I remember being on the plane and getting off and getting on the New Japan bus. And I was just like, Fuck, I'm on the New Japan bus. Okay. <laughs> and we get on the New Japan bus and um, we drive past Pepper Lunch. And, uh, and so <laughs> the guy who picked me up is also, he's the short referee, um, like uh, Chuck. He's a short referee. You'd see him. Not Red Shoes, but he's one of the short referees. He picked me up in the bus. And um, we hadn't spoken. Obviously, his English isn't great. My, my Japanese is terrible. And I go, oh, Pepper Lunch. And he just went, oh, Pepper Lunch. And that was it. That was my name the whole tour up with him. <laughs> Pepper Lunch, Pepper Lunch. And I was like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'm happy with that. And um, and anyway, I got to my hotel and they're like, oh, free day tomorrow. Because they had all the media stuff the next day. And as soon as I walked off the bus to the hotel, there was a fan there with a tile ready for me to sign. They knew I was coming. They were they were so aware that I was there, and it shocked me that they they even knew who I was. Um, and then the next day, I sort of I went to my favorite sushi place in Tokyo. I've been to Tokyo probably like five or six times now. So I went to my favorite sushi place and caught up with a mate, and we ate. And um, yeah, and then the day came, and I was upstairs, and I I remember I was, I was talking to uh, I was talking to Lisa, and she said, um, she goes, Are "You okay?" And I go, "Oh, I'm feeling a bit weird." She goes, "Why don't you just lie down?" And I go, okay, and I lay down. And I go, I think, I think, and I just vomited. And I'm going, oh no, I'm okay. I vomited now. I'm good. And I lie down, and then my nose just started bleeding. Mm. And she goes, I think you might be a bit stressed. And I go, maybe. Okay, let's see how it goes. So I, I got myself together, uh, walked through the the hotel out to the Tokyo Dome, and um, the Japanese are big jokesters. They they love a good rib. Okay, they'll make they'll make you so stressed just for their laughs and. I remember going. I remember going up to the booker, and I'm like, um, you know, what, you know, when do you want me to come out? What what number am I coming out? He goes, I don't know. And I'm like, no, no, I need to know what number I'm coming. I guess ah, just house show, case by case, do whatever you want. House show. And I'm like, what house show? He goes house show, case by case, do whatever you want. And I'm like, do whatever I want. I'm like, when am I walking out? He goes, I don't care. And I'm like, and he wouldn't tell me until the show started what number I was walking out. So. It was very stressful for me, but they loved that. They love to just rib you up and, you know, make you feel a bit stressed on the day. But it was great. Very funny. Yeah. You had a good showing in the match too, which, yeah, was, which I mean, was nice. <laughs> I got to pin, I mean, I pinned Takamichinoku, which was awesome. I used to play him on SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> he comes to pain. I used to, I was like, oh, I'm pinning him. This is great. And there was a stage, I remember there was a stage where I was by myself um, in the ring and I was sort of like, I don't know what to do. What do I do with my hands? Like, I'm just, <laughs> so I was just walking around going, yeah, fuck, I don't know what to do. I'm, why am I by myself? Send someone out, please. Um, it felt like an eternity, but it was only a few minutes. And then, and then, uh, Hinata came out and I've known, I've known him for a very long time. I've wrestled him in New Zealand before and I'm like, oh, someone I know. It was a bit of, it was a bit of, yeah. And he came out and we had a bit of a brawl and it was great. It was all positive. Beautiful, Beautiful stuff. Yeah. That's really good. Uh, and that's the amazing thing about this whole thing. I mean, uh, 
for for people in different sports, you know, they get opportunities that are well beyond their dreams when they're young and the like. Yeah. And this is what you're living now. This is the stuff that you would have dreamt of when you first started. What was that, about 15, 15, 15 years, years ago? 15 years ago, yeah. So I was just on the phone with a friend on the way here, and it was actually Walker. <laughs> I don't call my friend. It was Walker on the way here. And I was talking to Walker, and I go, can you, can you believe where we're at? And he goes, it's crazy. It's a crazy time because he's been around. A lot of people don't know, Walker's been around for years, Walker mm. used to wrestle the Epping days back in the day when you know Big Daddy Jim Demiroff used to be a yeah. promoter. He's been around for a very long time, so he's seen some real shit, you know. And I think, like I was a fan back then, I used to think it was the best show ever. But mm. you know, we've had some really tough times in this country. I was commentating in those days, so yeah, jeez. Exactly <laughs> you know, we've had some really shit times. Yeah. We've really. Uh, actually, I, I think I remember you had a dragonfly one yeah, of my yeah, shows. Would, yeah. yeah, and you had to wear a dress. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. Yep, sounds about right. <laughs> I don't think he had to. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Jeez, it just like um. Actually, no. Here we go. Here's a bit of flashback for you and I. You invited me when I first started to SEN. Yeah. And I came with Cremator, and I sat there frozen. I was also, I think, I, that was the well, show we yeah, started. Yeah, Walsh and used to do the show with me yeah. on SEN. And yeah. I sat there frozen for the hour or whatever it was, and then at the end you're like, are you going to speak? And I'm like, uh... I remember that now. Yeah. <laughs> and I went, uh, you come see me at the Dragonfly restaurant. And I was just like, I was like, shit. I do remember no, that. No, come a long that way. Crazy? I know, I have, now I just talk nonstop. Can't shut him up. No, you can't. <laughs> But yeah, it's just, it's, we've been through some really tough times, but I really do feel for those wrestlers that I started with. There was some talent back then, like the Lee Stars, Chips, um, you know, uh, Fox, even back then, well, Mike Byrne now, who's still a fantastic worker, but all these people that were really in their prime back then had no opportunities. I remember uh, when I first started, someone said, oh, Lee Star went to Lance Storm's Academy and WWE did a match with him. And I'm like, What? Well, like, how? How did that happen? How did he get on a plane? We couldn't believe it. You couldn't book. I book flights on my phone now. It takes me three yeah, minutes, right? And I was just like, how did that even happen? And now, we I've had two WWE tryouts. Like, come on. Like, it's, it just feels like it's... it. Uh, these, these kids these days... I shouldn't say kids, but these new wrestlers... I hope they understand how good they've got it in some aspect because we really struggled through some sludge. Like, we really had to go through the wars to get where we are. Like, I remember being backstage and so sorry i'm going on a rant but i remember being backstage and some uh, young wrestlers were going oh you know this is shit like the lights aren't even working I'm like lights i'm like we used to wrestle in the basketball stadium and the lights were on that was it there was no there was no entrance way the basketball lights were on and you just wrestled and i'm like oh, they just don't know you know yeah. yeah i remember my one time doing commentary i wasn't asked back um <laughs> it was at the dragonfly and yeah. i went backstage to meet the guys and i hadn't seen Dragonfly what show. So was. I was asking, <laughs> I was asking for like, you know, what music do you want? Oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it was. And like, what's the story? Like, I had no information. I had no backstory. No. Yeah, just, guys came out and wrestled. It was just a really lots strange... of rest holds. <laughs> I still do that. I, look, it wasn't. <laughs> you're a heel. Yeah, you're allowed yeah, sure, to do that. Of course that. I am. <laughs> but it's it was just a strange world, and I don't think it wasn't that anyone didn't care. A lot of people cared. It was just that we didn't have any purpose. We didn't know what was next for us. Were we wrestling in front of 10 people or 200? And then again, we would have, like I remember doing um, the student union um, war games match and there was 1,100 people at the mm. Roeville Community Centre. That was huge for us. Like That would still be huge. Yeah, it would still be huge. But, you know, now M- MCW and PCW, you know, Underworld and Warzone and all those guys there, BCWs, they're pulling, you know, their regular crowds in the hundreds, which is really good. Um. 
you spoke about Sebastian Walker earlier, yeah. and you, um, and also you mentioned that about Farley being unapproachable. But, yeah. Um, when we first started this podcast, uh, we had a conversation about you know who are the guys we want to yeah, get yeah. on, and you were top of the list. But you're so good at your job that. We were too intimidated to ask you to come in. <laughs> I saw that when I wrote, hey, I'm, I'm free. Like, I'll talk about myself anytime. But when I saw you write back and you're like, oh, we're, we're actually too scared to ask. I'm like, me? I'm like, oh, really? And, yeah, but that, we're marks. Yeah. <laughs> but to me, that shows that. I, I actually said, don't get him because the last time I did radio with him, he, <laughs> he didn't say a word for now. It's going to be a shit podcast. <laughs> I still remember that. I still cringe over that. Oh, my God. But, and, but that's... That's the thing is um, wrestling has this ability to change people's perceptions psychologically about you. I'll be honest with you. Now, I haven't spoken too much about this with anyone, but since I've turned heel or bad guy, as you'd like to call it, I've really actually lost a lot of just you know acquaintances. Not so much friends. Friends still yeah. know who I am, but the psychological change of you starting to do bad guy stuff, starts. people start going, oh, I can't talk to him backstage or I can't do this because they feel like that's who you are like it's such people a, in the business people in the business well, i think it's, your method well, <laughs> it's it's that it's a really odd sort of time and it kind of happens like when i was a baby face oh i was you know everyone liked me or oh, i like to think so but um you know people were pretty friendly with me and you know being being a heel now i find you know it's, it's kind of weird it's not exactly you know, people go, no, oh, fuck that guy. It's more like a bit of a standoffish. I'm like, no, it's cool. Like, it's... it's I'm still Gino. Yeah, it's not what it is out there. But, you know, it's, it's odd. Like, even fans, and rightly so, I think sometimes fans forget that being a heel, they're meant to dislike you. They're like, oh, I hate Gino now. I'm like, yes. I've had this conversation <laughs> so many times with yeah. people who should know better. Yeah, it shocks me. They're like, oh, Gino's such a prick now. Oh, he's an asshole. Yes, that's the point. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, there's a bit, but don't get me wrong. There is a fine line. Um, I, I remember I was, at, I was at a show recently. I won't say who, cause it's not their fault, but, um, I'm quite an overweight ethnic dyslexic, right? So I called someone a fuckhead and it sounded like something else. And that oh, person yes. got quite upset. And so the promoter came backstage and said, did you say this? I'm like, God, no. I'm like, Oh, I would never say that. No, no, no. I'm like, holy shit, can I talk to that person? And I did. I spoke to him the next day at the MCW show and I'm saying, hey, like, please. And they're like, no, no, I, I thought about it. I'm like, yeah, it wasn't that at all. And like, we've even replayed mm. tapes to make sure it wasn't. And I, I spoke to him and I, I broke that character just for that five minutes because I didn't want that fan to feel like he wasn't included. That that fan deserves to be at a wrestling show and be respected and, and all that stuff. And that those words aren't appropriate. Maybe, you know, 2001 people thought it was cool but even then it was, it was it wasn't the right thing to say and i was glad that that fan for that five minutes saw the other side of me and were able to have a, a, a normal chat and we spoke about it and it was all cool um but yeah i suddenly i kind of get funny with fans online they're quite aggressive towards me now i'm like that's good it's good i am a bad guy but they have to understand there is a difference between the character i'm playing and the person i am yeah yeah you mentioned the psychological part of mm. wrestling and it's probably a good time now we we, we mentioned at the start that nothing's off the table, uh, you've battled with mental health and you've been a champion yeah. of it since. Uh, you spoke about the psychology of wrestling. Mm. Has the psychology of wrestling played a part in the deep, dark areas that you got to? And has it also played a part in helping you get out of that as well? I definitely get out. It hasn't caused... I mean, as of recent, it's, it's you know, I've been a bit sort of uh, a bit all over the place. It's not because of wrestling. Um, wrestling helped me get out of it. Uh, when, when Chris Fresh... 
asked me to come back to MCW after my small hiatus because of my mental health problems. Um, I wouldn't say problems because of my mental health. He he brought me back in, and that you know brought me around friends and people I liked again. So that that was really helpful. But um, the reason why I do talk about it so openly is the amount of new wrestlers coming up that are so afraid to mention that they're not feeling a hundred percent, male and female. Uh, astounds me because as soon as I talk about it on, on a big podcast like this or, or a podcast that five people listen to or I write something on Facebook or Twitter, they automatically message and go, oh man, I've been really bad this week too. You know, can I chat? And we chat or even if we don't chat, just the fact that someone else is feeling that way kind of normalizes what they're feeling and they don't feel alone. And I think that's really important. Um, you know, there's times in your life you kind of have to separate yourself from uh, toxic things, be it a relationship, uh, you know, or anything like that, or even like even a workplace or, or wrestling. And I did. Wrestling was a toxic place for me. I removed myself from that for a, a good year and a half and then came back when I thought I was ready. But I, it's just good for people to know that they're, they're not alone, uh, even if it's not me. Like, even if it's just having a general chat, sometimes it does have to be about what you're feeling. You don't have to sit there and be like, I feel sad or I feel depressed mm. or anxious because of this. You could actually just be like, hey, you know, Perth Glory, blah, blah, blah. You start chatting and all of a sudden you kind of just feel kind of a bit better. And then that starts the ball rolling for that positivity to come into your life. Yeah, I mean, mm. anyone can make a difference too. Like I, I know that once there was someone I don't even know who followed yeah. me and I followed them, mm-hmm. they were posting some weird stuff and yeah. just inboxing that person saying, how are you? Yeah. Are you okay? Um, I was up till 3am talking to yeah. him, um, but it can make a real difference oh, to somebody. huge. At the end of the day, you know, the suicide rate uh, amongst men, unfortunately, is the highest it's ever been. But I was, I was listening to something the other day and they were saying our life expectancy is actually going backwards for the first time in 100 years because of the suicide and drug rate. And that's something we need to. That's that's a national emergency in my yeah. my mind. Okay, not a not a fucking wall. A national emergency is when people can't <laughs> drink water and people are killing themselves. Right? We need to focus on those things. And I'm I'm literally one person. But if that changes even one one other person or even my own life, if that changes my own life by talking about it, I'm going to do it. And I really don't care what the backlash is. Unfortunately, yes, I've had fans uh, private message me and say those say nasty things about me bringing up depression and anxiety that's on them that's not on me that's not me being a you know a bad person it's they they can't deal with whatever they're feeling so they have to retaliate to me be it what it is i don't take it at heart but i really hope they're not doing that to someone else bullying a person who's feeling down because often it's the bully with the that has the depression and is just acting out and that's why you know, when people go, oh, this person's talking about you and this person's saying that, it upsets me. But I think to myself, what's going on with them? What's really happening in their life that they feel the need that I'm the person they need to attack? If they come to a wrestling show and boo me and, and they shouldn't throw anything, but if they boo me and throw paper and they're getting upset and they're like, fucking Gino's still the champ. This is shit. Great. That's mm. that's my job. Done that plenty of times. Yes. But, <laughs> but I don't want them... Um, I don't want them then messaging someone who goes, oh, Gino's good and going, fuck you, fuck, because that's that's bullying and that's what's going to cause someone to have to have bad mental health. I'm sorry, I, I talk about it a lot, but I think it's important sometimes. No, I, I think it is. Oh, extremely. Well, you know, we, we have open conversations about yeah. it with, just with ourselves yeah. that we're struggling. So I think the more people talk about it, the better. I know the more it normalises it, you know? Yeah. 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 That, because, that's... Yeah, let's be honest, and I'll be very honest, sorry to cut you off, but no, let's make right. this about me. Yeah. <laughs> Again. To be, yeah, to be honest, people go, oh, he's done Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, he's, you know, with he, doing stuff with New Japan. Oh, he has a Range Rover. Oh, he has a Rolex. Oh, he's MCW champion. That shit means nothing. That's just stuff I like because I'm a piece of shit, right? I'm an <laughs> egomaniac and I want to drive a Range Rover. But 
at the end of the day, they don't make me happy, okay? And I'm, my life's not a beaming, fucking amazing rainbow. It's pretty shit sometimes, you know? I've lost a lot of family members to illness. I've, uh, I've seen some really horrible shit happen in front of me when I, when I was used to be at work. So it, it's, it's caught up with me now in my adult life and I've struggled with it for a good 15 years. So it's, it doesn't matter how rosy someone's Instagram or Facebook, or yeah. if you'll think like, for example, I just bought myself a gold crown. Okay. And that gold <laughs> crown I'm wearing at MCW because I'm it's the king of champions. Incredible. Right. But, or even my new Slav tracksuit, which I love. But my point is, all that stuff means nothing. Because deep down inside, I'm probably not having the greatest day. Um, and so be it. It is what it is. That's not going to change. And I nearly pulled out of a wrestling show the other day because of it. But wrestling is something I like. So I'm trying to just keep that ball rolling. That doesn't mean don't boo me. That doesn't mean feel sorry for me when they come out. Please, that's a different person. Gino Gambino is a character, okay? But what I feel in my personal life, just because you see my Instagram and think, oh, he's doing this and he's eating whatever he wants, even though I probably shouldn't. But all this stuff, um, and same, like, the other day, I'm just fucking ranting now, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> the other day, I saw um, an Instagram model went to jail because she stomped on a 65-year-old lady's head in a road rage incident, Right? And people going, oh, but her Instagram, she's so positive. And it's a lie. <laughs> yeah. Social media is a fucking Good. lie. Especially for their, those Instagram um, influencers. Yes. Who are making yeah. money out of it. Is, yeah. It's bullshit. It's job. That's the thing. But this is why we're so depressed because we see someone uh, on a fucking island on a Wednesday going, oh, how's your Wednesday going? Fuck off, okay? <laughs> you probably got a credit card debt of like 30 grand mm. and you're probably a piece of shit human, okay? Some of them might be good, but we need to stop... Uh, looking at other people's lives on social media and comparing because I'm telling you now, very rarely will people post the shit days, okay? They're going to post the beach photos, the Range Rovers, the, the, the gold watches, the hot boyfriend, the hot girlfriend, the girl in the bikini. We're not all that. And and Instagram's fucking bullshit. I just yeah. want to put that out there. Oh, sorry. Just to <laughs> say, uh, uh, and we might move on. I'm not sure whether we move on from it or not after this. Having the ethnic background as yeah. well, if I can touch on that, how hard was that with your mental health issues? Because I know that there's a lot of not understanding from mm. ethnic parents and the like. Well, surprisingly, my parents, um, my mother passed away uh, 10 years ago, but my parents are quite, uh, what's the word? I'm going to say almost new age. Yeah. New age. First, you know, I'm first generation Australian, but they're new age. Like my dad was a refugee from you know the old Yugoslavia and, you know, for some reason, he's he's really switched on with that stuff. That's now, right. look, I don't. My dad struggles a lot to say "I love you," which could be a whole other issue, right? But I think that's just because he's ethnic. But um, you know, it's it's really interesting that they are they were. Well, my mum was especially was so new age and was so accepting to when I started feeling shit as a teenager. So to be honest, I'm very lucky in that yeah, aspect. Right. I've got a good family environment. Um, my sisters are quite good with me, um, and friends that I have, well, most of my friends, you know, are a mix of whatever ethnicity, Aussies, whatever, but they're all pretty, pretty supportive, which is great. And I think, again, it's this talking about it that normalizes it, that people go, well, John's not feeling well, so I'm going to talk to John because he's probably just having a hard day and we'll yeah. chat on the phone. It doesn't have to be about, oh man, I'm feeling this. It doesn't have to be, it could just be a simple conversation that people go, well, I've got that person's support and that's kind of nice. Yeah, beautiful. <laughs> I just wanted to mention how you brought up the social media side. Yeah. We, on the weekend, you did bring up that negative aspect of it. Yes. Not the, hey, I'm in Queensland on a fucking beach. Yeah, yeah. How's oh, look- your Saturday morning? <laughs> you actually went the other side, which and, social media doesn't do. And the reason I did is because um, 
because I, I need to practice what I preach because I say to all the young guys, hey, reach out if you're feeling something. And to be honest, if I can do it, not that I'm anyone important, but let's be honest, I am someone higher up in wrestling. I hate saying higher up because I mean, you know, like, you're, you're a veteran of the yeah, same. I, I, I don't want to say that. The reason I don't want to say this is because I know the people exactly who are listening to this podcast and they're going to go, did you hear what fucking Gino said? He thinks he's fucking high up in You've a been veteran. traps. I've been around long enough. And if someone <laughs> like me, after 15 years can say, hey, I've had a bad mental health day and I didn't want to do this show, then maybe someone else is going to go, well, it's okay, Gino said it, so now I can maybe reach out to someone. That's why I did it. Um, and and I didn't want to be at that show, and I love those promoters so much. I've known them for a really long time. They're just getting started, and I really had to push myself to be there. And I was there, and I had a great match. I was really happy with it, and I, I felt better afterwards. You know, I spent some time with one of the young guys up there who just came back from New Japan Dojo, and we spoke about Japan and stuff, and I was like, oh, I feel... I feel great. And I won't say from which company, but one of the big companies, um, someone emailed me from there and said, hey, I, I saw your Twitter, everything cool. And I'm like, yeah, man, thanks for reaching out. I was just having a bad day. We got chatting for about 10 minutes and that was it. And it didn't have to be something yeah, nice. crazy. It didn't have to be like, oh, mate, I'm going to jump off a bridge. And you know what? It might, your life might be that though. Your life might be at a stage where you're like, I really feel like I need to reach out to someone. And I highly recommend Lifeline and all those Beyond Blue are a really good service. I use them as a teenager. I used to call Lifeline a lot as a teenager. And I really recommend it to anyone. It's, it's really important that you do reach out. Sorry, I rambled. No, 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 no. It's, it's all really important stuff. stuff. Yeah. Um, we're going to take it the other direction. Please. And, yeah. Um, I heard that there was a a battle royal uh, back in the day in Canberra where there was a title change um, and there might be a funny story behind yeah, it. So the, it's funny you bring this up. But it's, uh, every podcast I've done, they've brought this up and it's probably a great story but I was wrestling pretty regularly in Canberra and um, they just they just were getting off the ground. It was PWA Canberra back in the day um, and it was run by Ryan Eagles and Justin Cross and they were good friends of mine and um, they wanted to play a small rib on me. So they put me in this in this match, uh, this sort of battle royal match where with the champion. The winner obviously takes the belt. Yet they didn't tell me I was winning, right? So I'm going through the match, blah, 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 and I've pinned the champion for the last years. One, two, I'm like, great, kick out. Three, and I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> No, no, no. And I look at the ref and I'm like, no, 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 you fucked up. You fucked up. You fucked up. I'm looking. I'm like, what have you done? What have you done? And he goes, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And he ran out of the ring. And I looked up at the commentary just in there ringing the bell. And they're going, you're new. And I'm like, I'm dead. I've just ruined my career. I fucked this. How did I fuck this so bad? And I was so up. And then I got backstage and they snatched about on my hand. And they're like, who the fuck do you think you are? You're a fucking ego in this business. You fucking ruined yourself. You're never getting booked again. I went outside. I'm crying. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I didn't know. And then they just all came and hugged me. And I was just like, you motherfucker. So, I'm like my first belt and this is how I win it so, you remember it oh, I remember it for the, and everyone that was there does because I cried so badly <laughs> um, did you remember to celebrate still while you are in front of the crowd yeah or? yeah so so um, Mark Williamson was the commentator he came in he's like celebrate celebrate I'm like alright I'm just going to celebrate because you know kayfabe we've got to keep it alive yeah guys I did it and then I'm like fuck I fucked up so yeah everyone was in on it except me <laughs> That's tough. Yeah. That's tough. Speaking of Mark Williamson. Yeah. Um, he's, uh, you've had some run-ins with him on the Underworld shows. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Mark and I go way back, probably too far back. And uh, it's funny, I was pretty pissed when they offered me just a ticket to the show. And that changed very quickly on the night. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Look, I've, I've kept my distance. It's probably best I do, but... I don't know. They haven't contacted me anytime soon, so I don't think. Did you see the artwork that he produced? Yeah, of course. Yeah, God bless him. He's intending to raffle off. (laughs) Lyle's scared of him. 
Yeah. Well, it is frightening. Yeah. yeah. I was scared of it. Really? Yeah, well, I asked if there was a vegan option at the thing, and he ripped my head off. <laughs> uh, that's fair enough, yeah. though. I'm not even vegan. Just, <laughs> you just wanted to know. Listeners could be vegan. <laughs> yeah. They could be, and, you know, good on them if they fried are. Fried chicken was nice. Was so, nice. yeah. How good um, fried chicken? Yeah, so we're not going to see you at other No, I don't think so. No, I've got no plans of turning up there anytime soon. What if they send you a ticket again? Yeah, maybe if they send me a ticket, I might <laughs> raffle it off myself. <laughs> maybe I'd make a few bucks, fill my tank. Love to get your thoughts on the women's scene at the moment, too. It, it really is uh, oh, blooming here in Australia, especially. It's fantastic. Their women's stolen. Yeah, well, this is the problem. <laughs> when we start being, uh, when we start getting good, other companies start poaching us. That's the problem. We, we start, again, we're going to end up with no one here very soon. The women's scene's amazing at the moment, but it always has been good. Like, we had Tennille and Cass, who's now mm. Peyton Royce, and, and we had Jesse McKay and all that, It's it's and, and Madison Eagles. It's always been great, but now you've got people like, you know, Erica's uh, really fantastic, you know, her gimmick's great. Um, you've got Savannah Summers, who's, who's really awesome from Adelaide, and been there forever and really helped out those girls that are coming through there. You've got Shazza McKenzie. You've got a list of girls who are just really fantastic. You've got Aria now, who appears in MCW, you know, fairly often. Indy Hartwell. It's just... Um, Candy Lee now, so I met I met uh, Can- it's Candy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. I met I met Candy Lee for the first time, um, probably about two months ago. So we we had been like chatting on social media, and I met her um, when I was in Auckland. She goes, she's like, oh, do you have any advice for me? I'm like, please just get out there. I go, your who you are as a person and and what you've been through is such a fantastic story that you should be selling. It's your story. Don't let anyone else, you know, use your story. It's your story. Go out there and push yourself for who you are and how good you are and what you can be and really be that role model for for younger people who who might have had the same feelings that you, that you had as a child that they you know they didn't feel accepted and now you're accepted we are saying come and be a wrestler with us like you're more than welcome and i really am glad to see her booked here in australia it's it's fantastic yeah. it's it's a huge it's a huge pat on the back for everyone and I'm, I'm so glad that she's just she's just wrestling as well as she can be it's really awesome and um sebastian walker is a big part of your act at yeah MCW. for sure and I, I feel like he doesn't get the credit he deserves. He really doesn't. Like I, I spend a lot of time with Walker. Um, he really has a great mind. Him and I come up with some stupid ideas, and we we always sit there and we're like, "You're a fucking idiot," and I'm like, "No, fucking listen to me." Like I want to fucking. And by the end of it, we come up with something. But he has such good verbiage. Him for a promo. Uh, he's probably the best person to go to. I know a lot of wrestlers in this country who have gone to him to help with just the wording in their promos, and they've done a really a fantastic job because of his help. So he, he really deserves more credit than what he gets. And just looking like a used car salesman. Yeah, and that's what it's all about, though. And again, it's funny, like, it goes back to, to fans maybe not understanding that we know what we're doing. Because I remember going, oh, the tracks look like shit. Someone said to me, I'm like, that's the point. I'm meant to annoy you. My Slav tracksuit isn't... Be- oh, look, I love my Slav tracksuit, but it's not because... It I would- <laughs> honestly, I thought, should I pack it? <laughs> but I honestly, I, I said to myself, how obnoxious is this tracksuit? I'm like, this is the best. I went to three different stores to put it together because I'm fat, so it's hard to get a size, <laughs> right? And I was just like, I'm like, this is great. People are going to hate this. And then they did, they're like, oh, you look like shit. Yes. Good. That's the point. And it just, it can be frustrating because I felt like at the start of the heel run, people got it. But as we get further, it's almost like they're forgetting that 
we know what we're doing. Oh, this is what we're desperate for you to lose. Yeah, <laughs> and they're not getting desperate. it. <laughs> so this is this is the job of this is my job is to get them to a point of really hating me, and it's great that it's working. But yeah, sometimes I, I like like you said. You've never had a real, uh, this many comments on questions people want to ask me. And you said, God, there were some dumb ones. I'm like, yes. It's like they forgot that this is my job. This is what I, I know how to do. The reason you hate me so much is because of the work the bookers have done, Walker has done, I have done. This is what we've wanted the whole time. Just c- come along with us. Come along on the ride. Enjoy it. Yeah, I think well, sometimes wrestling fans can try and be too smart for themselves. And it Instead ruined- of just going along with it. Like, I, I think, tell, yeah. tell you... I hope you take it as a compliment. Please. But at my highlight of live wrestling last year yeah. was those three seconds that 700 people thought Robbie Williams... Uh, Robbie, Robbie, Williams. Robbie Williams! Robbie, Robbie came out. He had, a big, he had more than... Sorry, Robbie Eagles yeah. had taken the belt. Yeah. Those three seconds. We all celebrated. Beer went everywhere. Yeah. And then once we'd come down, it was like, Sebastian pulled him out of the fucking yeah. And no one saw that. Even people yeah. in the front yeah, row was... didn't see Sebastian do it. Like, it was so subtle. I can't tell you how how good that feels to get that reaction. Like, I think, uh, you know... Gee, that crowd was hot. Yeah. Like, you know, without Piper, there's no Hogan. You get what I'm saying? Like, heels are very underrated in this, in this, in the industry in general. Everyone's like, oh, the big baby face, the big baby, which is great. The heel helps that reaction so much more. If you have a good heel, if you have a heel that's really dominating, the, the face just naturally becomes the hottest baby on the night. And that's what I think was really hot about that night. We had wrestling fans there. People were there to see WWE that weekend. I can tell you now there were some really important people at that show as well. And they saw that and even they were like, damn, like, shit, you guys you pulled him. that off, you know. And it was it was funny, like, uh, I mean, I won't say that, but <laughs> I was going to say a story. But I've got to tell you, um, you know, it was a very easy night. Let's put it that way. Mm. Yeah. yeah. I, I think the best part about your character at the minute is we hate you. Yes. That, and that, 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 that is it. Oh, I know you're sitting there, we're having laughs. <laughs> yeah. I want to see you lose the belt yeah, so all, badly. He's not all bad. Like, I really appreciated when you, that young fellow in the front row was obviously the air conditioning had gone out. It was very hot, was the very poor bugger. And you cooled him down. <laughs> but, you know, it's stuff like that. And, that, and that's the one credit I've got to give to MCW. It's stuff like that that, you know... They, they enjoy the ride we're going on. And I, and I hope fans, I know some fans are very into it, but I really hope the fans come along with the ride because it's it's a really good one, I think. I think getting, if you're a fan and you're lucky enough to get the opportunity to talk to the bookers of any of the major shows, yeah, it's really um, take that opportunity because you find out that there's a lot more that goes on to these stories that you're watching. Oh, and, huge amounts. I mean, across all the major promotions, I yeah. mean, PCW, MCW, Underworld, mm-hmm. um, there's some really good stories going on. Oh, absolutely. And there's some really talented wrestlers who, unfortunately, their, their story's just not getting the role that it can, you know? And that happens, and it's happened with me before. Um, and then there's other times you kind of have to prove yourself. When I wrestled Offspray at the start of last year, um, the comments, and you've got to remember, we see these comments too, but the comments online were all like, oh, what a fucking waste of a match for Will. Oh, this is going to be shit. And I tell you, I, I pulled up Will. We were in Queensland the night before wrestling, and I said to him, we're going out there tomorrow. And he's like, "There's." he said to me, there's no way they're going to sit there and think you're shit ever again. He goes, I promise you that. And we really belted the shit out of each other that night. We really went out there and said, let's just kick the shit out of each other and get a beer later. And it's it's great that I've got that friendship with him. I, I, I will live with me for a bit. I lived with him when I was in the UK. And 
it's it's a really it's a bond built on respect which is it's really important to have I was going to say there's a few people out there that don't respect the upcoming match that you have with Slex and uh, (laughs) some of our listener comments are based around the fact that they believe that he is going to absolutely kick your sorry to let everyone down but no (laughs) we're going to go with a list of questions please I'm ready alright well I've got one from Tim White who wants to know why Nicaraguan cigars are better than Cuban? This is fantastic. Great question. I saw that. Is I was very excited. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I hope so. <laughs> so, um, uh, for those who do follow me on social media, big cigar smoker. I have been since I was eighteen. Because my aficionado. Da- oh, that, I like that. It's good because my dad never let me touch them, and then as soon as I turned eighteen, I'm like, "Fuck you! I'm smoking a cigar," yeah, yeah. and then I vomited. But it doesn't matter. I stuck <laughs> with them. Um, so Cuban cigars are popular because they were illegal. Okay, so having a Cuban was a status symbol. You're like, oh, I've got a Cuban, so it was quite a status symbol. They're actually not that good. Okay, unless you're getting it from certain suppliers, they're pretty terrible because they sit in customs for so long when they come to Australia that they lose all their oil and it's a bit shit. I prefer Nicaraguan cigars, great uh, dark Maduro wrapper, um, Hoyas de Nicaragua, Gran Antonio. Uh, the, the limited edition is one of my favorites. Um, if anyone wants to smoke a cigar with me or talk cigars, I will, I'll do a whole podcast on cigars. So, Ooh. yeah, that's, I'm ready when you there are. You go, Tony. I've yeah, never heard of a Nicaraguan idea. rapper before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eminem was here yeah, a couple it, of days ago. That's him, yeah. <laughs> you got one, Tony? No, no, you guys go. Uh, Jimmy Jamps, no, he wants yeah. to know Kit Kat. Four fingers or chunky? You know what? It's funny. i tell you why this is funny. I play poker a fair bit as well because uh, I've got an addictive personality, right? And I sat next to a man and I had this conversation. So I wonder if it's him. Point is, chunky all the way. The chocolate in chunky is different. My cousin works at Nestle, told me the chocolate's different and I will 100% back that. It is much nicer in a chunky finger. All right. I yeah. hope that answers that question. <laughs> so Dave Farley asked... <laughs> Of course he did. Uh, any opponent, any era, who, where, and when? Oh, I've got heaps. Um, I think Hogan in the Inoki era, Japan, was my favourite Hogan. Um, so I'd love to... Is, that, is it me wrestling them? I think that's oh, the yeah, question I'll kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, probably, uh, yeah. Hogan in the Inoki era was... Well, not as in the Inoki era, but when he wrestled Inoki. Uh, Stan Hansen at that time as well, I think would have been a great one. Vader. Um, but older Vader, we'll offspray Vader because I'll be too scared of the other Vader. Um, yeah, Jesus, it is a lot that I can think of, but they're probably the main ones. Um, I always want to wrestle Lobo. Obviously, you wouldn't mm, know. Yeah. Would, Lobo was one that always got away from me. So Tony Lobo, they're friends. <laughs> so Lobo, probably the two thousand early two thousands era. Um, Jay Andrews, probably the early two thousands era as well. There's there's a lot of people. I think of, but uh, if you're going to go absolute superstars, anyone, anytime, probably Hogan in Japan, uh, Stan Hansen back then as well, uh, and probably Austin during that WrestleMania 18 sort of period. So yeah. off the back of that, some bloke called Andrew Coyne <laughs> sent one in. Coyne. Uh, <laughs> who's the most underrated wrestler that you've faced and who do you think deserves more attention? And then him and Dowie had an argument underneath, which is great. But <laughs> Yes, I did. <laughs> um, look, to be honest, Astra- uh, wrestling in Australia on a whole is underrated. We are, our females, our males are so underrated and so, uh, you know, ignored that it, it hurts my feelings. Um, so if I was to say, I couldn't pick one because it's probably about 20, I think, of in this country. that not- Mick Moretti is an amazing oh, talent. And people don't talk about him. Mm. Um, you know, like there's, there's guys over in Perth, like, uh, you know, Damien Slater and Marcus Pitt, amazing talents. Uh, how they're not picked up anywhere 
shocks me. I, I think about that all the time. Um, I mean, Chris Weiss is now in Japan. I don't want to name people because I will insult the people I'm missing out on because I honestly believe that that 90% of the Australian wrestling scene can go anywhere around the world and hold their own. So I would say all of Australian wrestling. Wow. Well, I've got one. I think I've, my, all my questions might be at the same topic. That's okay. Uh, yeah, Dander's, uh, Danderfield asks, when you eat a taco, do you turn your head or do you turn the taco? She's asked me this before. She, um, she asked this question a lot. I'm pretty sure I've turned the taco. But let me just say something. I fucking hate tacos. Oh, yeah. Even soft shell. No, soft shell I like. Yeah, no, so, same with you. I've just, I've just discovered Taco Bell in Queensland, right? Um, and they do a soft shell with a hard shell yeah, inside. Nice. Yeah. Amazing. Interesting. Huh? But yeah, I like to turn it on the side, even though shit falls out. But yes. Um, Frankie Smoes, this is an interesting question, actually. Um, I think what he means is when a show is running really long and you're in the main event, yeah. um, what kind of alterations to your mindset or to your act do you try and make if you've got a tired crowd? It's, it's funny you say that. It's happened to me a few times at a couple of MCW shows. and Australian wrestling has a habit of probably going too long uh, in their shows everywhere. Uh, and I've been in the main event at those times. I had to follow Offspray and Brooksy. So <laughs> that was a that was a they went forty five minutes almost um, and to their credit what a fantastic amazing over the top match um, and then Dowie and, and I went out for the main event for to, to quite a tired crowd and it was about I think eleven o'clock and I cramped up real bad in my hamstrings and I remember sitting on a floor trying to stretch my hamstrings out mid match because I was so fatigued by that time so. You don't really make too many changes because you still want to believe that you're good enough to carry the crowd through, um, even though it's a late night, but your body is so tired by that stage. I don't think people realize, even though it might be 10 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour, whatever, your body is so fucked after wrestling. You are so fatigued. Your muscles are really cramped. Um, there's not too many sports where you are nonstop for 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes. You might have a break. You might get subbed off. You might be running and then stop and wait for the ball to come back. But wrestling, you're the only one out there and you're performing at maximum capacity. You're catching another person and, you know, um, more credit to the guys and girls who do it. But I was so fatigued after that, uh, during that match. I remember my hamstrings, I felt like they were in my asshole at one stage. Am I allowed to say asshole? Because yeah. I will. You've said you've said fuck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what you're saying is when you're sitting on the mat, trying to stretch your hamstrings. I actually, I was in the crowd. I thought you were just doing an homage to Vince McMahon blowing both quads. <laughs> no, just no. <laughs> no, I was legitimately fucked. And I'm like, please. And I remember looking over and going to the ref. I'm like, just give me a minute. Just give me a minute. I'm like, I'm really fucked. And you do, you get cramped because you haven't really eaten during the day. Um, you, you're rushing around. Like you're usually picking up someone from the airport and coming back and it's a big day. So by the time, if you're on the main event, if it's 10.30, you're, you're pretty buggered by that time. Mm. I felt like you and JXT at MCW 99 came yep. out to a crowd that was pretty tired and yeah, yeah. and turned them. Yeah, I think we did. I think there was a story strong enough. And this is why I always tell you know the new guys that a story can sometimes mean more than a thousand flips or pile drivers or power bombs. We had a good enough story that that's what brought them back. It was a good match too. Yeah. Oh, uh, to be honest, I don't love that match, and that was on more on me. I think I was trying to find this new character in my brain because it's quite an artistic. Uh, process you start sort of you know gathering yourself around and trying to work out so that's quite tiring as well but i was glad we were able to get our story across at the end and um even peeling back the ring and stuff i was so fucked and i was looking at walk i'm like fuck help me help me like even the one against dowie i still laugh to this day 
where Walker was undoing the turnbuckle. And I'm like, for fuck's sake, Walker. I'm like, hurry the fuck up. And I'm punching poor Dowie in the head. And <laughs> Walker's trying to undo things. Like, I'm fucking trying. So, look, it's it, it can be tiring. Um, but I'm glad. I'm glad you, we did turn that crowd that night. Another one that's also tough for a wrestler, a main event wrestler, mm. is a situation that you had with uh, Rock and Nato in MCW 100, yeah. where they followed such a fantastic match of Will Ospreay yep. and uh, Slicks that geez, it was always going to be tough to put on another main event after that. I think it's always tough to follow Will Ospreay I think in that's general. a general rule. Yeah, yeah, it's a general rule. Like, I've watched that man wrestle, for, I reckon, maybe 30 times now, um, and... Every time I'm like, holy shit. And I tell him this story. I hated him, right? Before I knew him, I'm like, who is this Will Offspray fucker, right? And I, because I just seen gifts and stuff like that. And then I went to Wrestle Kingdom, I'm going to say 11, uh, as, as a fan, as, a, as an invite from Tox. He invited me to come along and watch. And I was sitting there, I'm like, oh, here comes this Offspray dude. And he jumped from the floor to the apron to the top rope and did, did a Rana into the ring in one motion. Wow. And I've gone, I looked at my mate, I go, did you fucking see that? And he's like, what just happened? It was like, Osprey does things to, for me that I've never seen another human do before. He's a video game. Yeah, he really is. He's, he's out of control. But this is the thing. And he said, to, I remember we were on the road once. Um, we are driving from like London to Sheffield for a show. And he goes to me, he goes, oh, I hate how all these young kids copy what I do, but it's always shit. And I said, the reason that is, Will, I go, they see GIFs. Right? They see gifts of you. They don't actually watch your match. If you watch a Will Offspray match, the psychology is so good still. Even though he's doing a thousand flips and dives and everyone goes, all he does is dive. His psychology is fantastic. It's actually amazing if you watch one of his matches. But the problem is these young kids get a Will Offspray gif and go, oh, I can do that. And they just do it randomly and it makes no sense. And the crowd goes, that was shit. So I said, that's the biggest problem. We need to step away from watching just gifts of wrestling matches and actually watching the show. In saying that, Aussie wrestling gifts is fantastic. Yes, definitely. <laughs> um, I think that we sort of need to wrap this up. Oh, wow. Well, I've got to have a time. Sometime, cause oh, we've got, yeah, we've we got, have. We've got a dinner reservation. Oh, sweet. Steak. <laughs> <laughs> Final <laughs> question. And I yeah, think, please. I think it might have been Steve Jacobs or someone who may have asked it. or someone, Steve Jenkins, was it? I don't know. Yes. Like yes. Yeah, Jenkins uh, and I always like wrapping up our interviews with this. Steve Five Jenkins to... from Going Over Wrestling. Yeah, correct. Yes. Uh, not like Harry question. Jenkins, the Speaker of the House <laughs> during no. 2008 to 2010. And not Steve Jacobs, <laughs> the weather reporter on Channel 9. <laughs> uh, where do you see yourself in five years? Oh, hopefully alive, to be honest. I'm so overweight. Had a couple of people say that. Yeah, I'm, so, I'm so overweight. I'm, uh, can I just, and, and I know we've gone over time, I want to ask you something about yeah. it. You brought up a couple of times now, so it's yeah. obviously something that bothers you. How do you find yourself up? And, and putting on good matches against these guys who are thin and fit and so athletic. Do you find yourself at a disadvantage? At oh, all the time. But it's so much easier being this size. Um, like, my bench now is ridiculous. My squat's ridiculous. And the strength aspect's probably the, the thing that keeps me going. But, you know, there's guys who are bigger than me that are match fit. The thing is, it's not that it's, you know, wrestling fit is very different to running on a treadmill. Now, I still get very fucking blown up during matches, and I'm pretty fucked by the end of them. But... Um, when I was thinner, so I was 102 kilos, almost 98 kilos at one stage, um, and no one noticed me. Mm. No, and I was just another dude in a, in a show. The bigger I got, the more people going, fuck, look at this guy, look at this guy, he did this. I'm doing Canadian Destroyers and all this shit, and people are like, fuck. So I'm trying to be a larger-than-life person. You know, at the end of the day, if uh, you know Abdul the Butcher was just a regular dude who was stabbing himself in the head with a fork, well, would he be as popular like... <laughs> 
I like to think that, you know, being, I like to walk into a room and when people go, shit, what do you do? You go, I'm a wrestler. They go, yep, I can see that. Like yeah. that, to me, that's important. Yeah. yeah. Standing out. Yeah, absolutely. What are you now? Uh, 148. Wow, yeah. Yeah, okay. big. Well, I'm 127, so I'm not too far behind. Uh, come along, it's fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks a lot for coming. No, in. thank really you. Really appreciate it. It's Can been I sneak one more? So much fun. Please, Sorry. do it. Let's do it. Uh, uh, <laughs> are we going to see the donut uh, tights back anytime soon? Other states see it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if Melbourne will ever again. <laughs> okay, well, I, like, I like this Gino. I like the new one. Yeah, he's more fun. Mate, we really do appreciate Thank it. You so it's much. been a totally honest and open uh, yeah. podcast, and that's the way we wanted to be. That's the way you wanted it to be too. So it's yeah, been definitely. fantastic from that regard. We speak about social media, but one thing we do ask our uh, oh, yeah. our <laughs> yeah. people where can they find you? Where yeah. can they find you? The bagger? shit, don't follow it. No, yeah. follow it. It's great. <laughs> uh, Instagram is at Mr Gino Gambino. Uh, I think my Twitter is still Mr Gino Juicy Gambino. Might not be. It I don't is. know. Great, <laughs> and no one uses Facebook anymore. So. Let's be honest, it's a dying medium. Actually, let's not let Gino go. Let's just go straight into the second half. No breaks here. Are you happy with that? And It'd the reason I say that half. is because well, we're going to talk pretend about... pretend we've come back from a no, break. No, we'll, we'll just go straight. I'll in. go straight. I don't we'll care. I'll keep in. talking. <laughs> the, reason, the reason being is, and we're going to bring up Roman Reigns, which has yeah. been the big story today. Yeah. Uh, Roman Reigns had a bit of a, an issue with the Bullet Club there at some stage, didn't he? Ah, look, it's all... I think it's a work, mate. <laughs> Damn. There are, they're probably they're he's related to some of them. They're all related. I'm sure he's racist. Um, <laughs> what a what a, a big thing that came out today, and the fact that he's uh, basically fighting fit again to an yeah, extent in remission. I yeah. think I think it's also it's funny. Um, I remember Triple H saying on the Stone Cold podcast, if Roman Reigns had been a wrestler in the '90s or early 2000s and had won the Royal Rumble, everyone would have been behind him. Yeah. Um, I'm glad to see people are starting to realise. Roman is a fantastic actual worker. Well, you realise what you're missing. You realise what you had when, when it's gone. Yeah, it's, um, absolutely. But look, he got physical as well, which was good to see. I think coming out and making the speech was one thing, but seeing him come out and Superman punch a couple of people shows you that you know he is fighting fit. Yeah, and it's great. And I think a very a very great talent. And I think it's, it's awesome that he's with WWE. And I think that's probably the best place for him too. Speaking of physical, uh, there was a bit of physicality on uh, Raw this week, especially around birthdays and comebacks. And oh, yes. Yeah. Batista made a yeah. comeback. So interrupted. Dra- uh, dragged out a lifeless Ric Flair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so obviously he ended up calling out Triple H, so that's, that'll be the Mania match as long Look, as the peck holds up. Raw's terrible sometimes, but today it was, it was actually a really good show. I think um, there was a lot of aspects of the attitude era of not knowing what's going to go on through yeah. the night. And to let's not underestimate getting a surprise return like Batista in the current social media climate is almost impossible. I, I think no it, leaks. Yeah. I think, I think it's huge. Um, you know, I really, I really think the introduction of the new companies in the U S you know, of AEW and new Japan being as good as it is. I, th- I really think, I think things are about to change in a real positive way as a fan. We're still fans at heart, um, and I still like to watch wrestling. So I really I really hope this is the sort of push towards the, the, the good wrestling era. Oh, there's no doubt about it. I think when uh, WWF is best period was when WCW was around yep. because they were pushed. They had to do something. Competition. Yeah, competition brings that sort of stuff, and that's great for everyone who enjoys WWE now. I'm sure in the next 12 months you're going to enjoy just, it even more. Just fans of wrestling, because no matter... It's like flavours of ice cream. We've all got the mm. styles we prefer, yeah. the types of story we prefer, and I think if you're a wrestling fan, you'll have your favourite that you want to watch, 
but then the big shows of the other two major companies you're always going to consume and I think it's a great place to I'm be. tipping Geno's like man I'm tipping you're a pistachio man pistachio yeah, yeah I love pistachio ice cream it's the ethnic in us we can't help it but you know, you know what it is as well um, you got to remember everything has its ebbs and flows in, in wrestling like New Japan at one stage was drawing like 11,000 to the Tokyo Dome. Like it was number at, two in Japan at one stage. Yeah, like, and it was it was at Meltzer, oh, my best mate, once uh, rated them the worst company in the world. And now look where they are. Everyone mm. has their down times and their up times. You can't be constantly rising. It's just never going to happen. So it's good to see things are starting to pick up again for wrestling in general. And things are picking up for BCW uh, on Channel 31, Tuesday and Thursday nights. Yeah, I mean, look, I think it's a really good move by them. I think, um, you know, they they get criticised a little bit for not releasing video. Obviously, they've been stockpiling it. Um, if you're not doing anything at home on a Tuesday or a Thursday, have a look at it. Um, they've got a big show this weekend as well. Fantastic. Upcoming shows, boys, before we wrap it up uh, on Friday night, BCW present Dowie James versus Mick Moretti. So that should be a ripper. That a 60 minute Ironman yeah. match. Two of the best, honestly, in this country. Uh, for you know who they are, like the, I would rank that match quite highly. Carlo Cannon and Ken Shamrock also defend their tag team titles, which is uh, fantastic to see Cam, uh, Ken Shamrock back on our shores. Former WWE Women's Champ Melina defends her title against Vixen, and Mad Dog defends against DCT. It's a pretty good card. Mm. That is a great card. Good card. AWF have a show in Blacktown in Sydney. Saturday, March the 2nd, PCW Ignition is on at Fertry Gully. As PCW announced this week that they've sold over 1,000 tickets to Grand Slam at Knox, which is amazing as well. Warzone Wrestling in Mulgrave have March Mayhem. Dowie James versus Slade Mercer. Should be another good match as well. They all, they all will uh, tear down the house, no doubt about that. And Wrestling Go have an all-women's show at uh, Maryang Community Centre with Candy Lee and a who's who of Australia's women wrestling. And then on Sunday, March the 3rd, to wrap up the weekend, MCW and Evie's Disco Diner present Glow in Real Life. Uh, that is Glow in Real Life 3 in Fitzroy. Limited tickets still available to see Candy Lee in Melbourne for the first time out and an unmasked Facebook Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> Facebook's fantastic. Cool. Uh, the fact you don't know who worries me. Go watch yeah. her stuff. She's uh, great. Who will now be known as Steph Delander. Can I just say, when you pointed to me then and you said Sunday, I'm like, oh, the Perth Glory game. He's going to talk about that. <laughs> no, it's not I, on the run. No, you see, no, I, I, I get set up a fair bit in yeah, this. And I'm going to get up tonight. No, you have. But you have. You, you said pulled? here on the Sunday, Candy Lee in Melbourne for the first time ever. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's true. That's true. true. There you go. <laughs> You worked yourself then, Tony. He did. He worked himself into a shoot. It happens. Uh, yeah, that girl show's going to be great. Highly recommend getting down to that. They're really I've, good. I've really enjoyed those shows. Mm. Um, and there's there's probably, I think there's five or six matches and all of them good. Yep, fantastic. Uh, fantastic and a great little platform for, you know, the, the female wrestlers to really show what they're about. And also on Sunday, Perth Glory take on the Melbourne yes. City and what promises to be an amazing match can Perth Glory wrap up. The Premier's plate. I think they can with a win. We can only hope. Uh, look, I'm from a supporter club called The Vag, the Victorian Association of Glory Fans. Yeah, uh, so sure see, uh... you can come and come and see me in The Vag. <laughs> I'll um, be there. <laughs> it'll be a hairy experience. <laughs> <laughs> and if Always. you if you want to do a podcast, maybe one about cigars or yeah, something please. like that, contact my podcast house or on the turnbuckle. We can. Um, Put you on the right Am I track to smoke get yourself in here? on air. No. Oh, well, then I'm no. not doing it. Uh, <laughs> next week, one of the best young lady wrestlers in the country. One of on the, the best young wrestlers. Why'd you throw lady in? Well, well, she is a lady, isn't she? Yeah, but she's just one of the best oh, wrestlers. She is, no doubt about it. And on the back of all the 
wrestling that's been going on this weekend and the fantastic women's shows that are on this weekend as well. We'll be speaking to Avery here in the studio. Oh, awesome. That'll be a good one. Just let her go wild. She'll have some great <laughs> stories for you. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, she's coming in, so uh, it could go anywhere. Yeah. yeah it could. Well, it'll be here. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much, everyone, for having me. Well, thank you. And thank you for talking this time. Ah. <laughs> Boys, we'll catch you next week. And our longest later, ever podcast. Another episode of On the Turnbuckle wrapped up and locked in the can. We'll catch you again next week when we have a chat to Avery right here on mypodcasthouse.com.